0: and verse number eleven it's a familiar passage of scripture this evening I want to read through uh, chapter uh, verse number thirty two the end of the chapter and the Bible tells us here in uh, Luke chapter fifteen and verse number eleven it says and he said and a certain man had two sons the younger of them said to the father father give me thy portion of goods that followeth unto me, and he divideth unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him to, fe- to his fields to feed swine. And he would have fain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And he said unto himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants." And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, the father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto the father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servant, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. And his elder son was in the field, and he came and drew nigh into his house, and he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants, and he asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother has come, and thy father has killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in, therefore came out his father out, And entreated him, and he said unto his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son is come, which has devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Let's pray this evening. Lord God, I just ask that you'll be with us this evening, God, and we need your presence here tonight. God, I need you as I stand behind this pulpit, Lord, to present your word, God, your message that you've given us. God, I pray that you'll have me to say what you'll have said tonight, Lord, that you'll give me the message, Lord, that you have have us to hear tonight. God, I pray that you'll give me what we need for these that's come by this evening, Lord, and I thank you for each and every one of them. Lord, without you, I'm nothing. Without your help, God, I can do nothing, and I need you tonight in a mighty way. Lord, I pray that you'll help me. God, I want to be sure and give you all the honor and the glory and the praise for anything that's said and done here tonight, Lord. Like I said, God, I can't do anything without you. So if anything good comes of anything that I say or do, Lord, it's got to be of you and nothing of me. Lord, I pray that you'll be with us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to preach a message this evening. <clears throat> if you look back on the in our text in verse number 13 this evening, and the Bible says in verse number 13, and not many days after, the younger son, he gathered together and he took his journey into a far country. And I want to preach this evening on that far country. The far country, the journey to the far country. <clears throat> There's another thing that I think of. with this man, we've heard messages after messages over this prodigal son. The applications that this parable that Christ give us has for our lives is endless. Many ways that, that, that the that the man that he's the son went away, and the and the father. He is a type of God and type of Christ and, and that he's, he's accepted him back, that he was a sinner, but he's left and he's come back and he puts the robe on him and that's a precious, beautiful picture of what Christ has done for us. Is yes. what he's done for me. It's amazing. And it seems like now many times, Pastor, that I journey to that far country. How many times did I walk away from what God's done for me? Yeah. God's always ready to pull me back in. He's always standing there waiting to come running towards me and accept me back because He loves me. He's my Father. Hey, hey. And it's a beautiful picture. So many things in here this evening. I want to talk about this journey to the far country. We think about this this boy Has he gathered up everything that he had. Everything that his father had given him, all of his money, all of his possessions, everything that he could gather together, his clothes, and he's fixing to go on a journey. He's going out to the far country, and we say, why did he leave and go to this far country? He had everything that he could imagine. He had everything that he had offered to him. He had all these possessions. He had all the money. He had half of the farm or whatever it was that, they, that the father had given him, but still he was not satisfied with all that, and he had to go out into the far country for one reason, I think that this young man decided he had to go into the far country. pastor a lot of times, I feel like sometimes I just need to I just need to get up, gather up, go where nobody knows me. things would be so much better yeah. if nobody knew me. I could just start over fresh if I could just get away from. My background, if I could run away from myself, if I could run away from the things that are overshadowing me, that have followed me, my past, whatever that may be. I think that this young man, he gathered everything up and he wanted to get away from his father. He wanted to get away from all the people that knew him all of his life. He wanted to get away from the people that he had had to go to church with as a young man. And then they sat there and they watched him in church year after year after year. And he wanted to get out to a place where he could have a good time. And not be left to look over his shoulder somewhere to see if the preacher was watching him. He didn't have to look over his shoulder and see if somebody from church might see what he's doing. Or where he's going. Or where his truck's parked at. And he can just get away into that far country. He was running from the Father. He was running from the people around him. He was running from God. I think tonight of another person in the Bible that decided he needed to run from God. Jonah, chapter number one, the Bible tells us in verse number three, but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He wanted to run from God. And we know that story, how that turned out. It didn't work out real well for Jonah. Things went downhill in a hurry. There was a storm came and a big old fish that the Lord had prepared. And he ended up getting to where he, the Lord was sending him anyway. But he was running from God. He went to a far country. I think one more person in Psalms chapter 55, and we don't think about this too much, but in Psalms chapter 55, verse number four through eight. In fact, if you flip your Bibles over there this evening and with me, if you would, into Psalms, chapter number 55, if I can get there myself, we'll just read it, <clears throat> verse number four, the Bible says, my heart is sore pained within me, and the terrors of death are falling upon me. And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove. For then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness. Selah. <clears throat> you know, David says here in this couple of verses how great it would be to just be able to fly away from all this problems. How great it would be to just be able to get out from under all these heartaches, and these troubles in my life. You know, David, he had went through a lot of problems in his life. He had a pretty rough go from time to time, you would say. His family was a wreck. His home. Everybody wanted to kill him. He said, oh, if I could just have wings and fly away. I'd just like to run away from all this. I'd just like to get away. We find out in Psalms chapter 119 and verse number 176, he says, I've gone astray like a lost sheep. David was running from the presence of God. The reason that he had all these heartaches, the reason that all these problems and trials and tribulations and troubles was coming in his life was because he had that sin in his life. He had things between him and God. And God was pressuring him. God had sent storms into his life just the same as he did for Jonah. He sent a storm into his life to bring him back into the right track. Just the same as he did for this this uh, prodigal son, the Bible says that there was a famine in the land. God sent that famine in the land to make things hard on him. Yep. He's going to make it where he's not comfortable out there in that far country. Make it to where things are tough. And the Bible says that David had been living and sin, and the things that David had done many times in our lives. God sends storms and problems in our lives. To help get us back in line. To help get us back on track. To bring us back to him. We run from the presence of God to a far country. There's a separation that we want to get. A separation from the association of things of God. We separate ourselves from the people of God. We separate ourselves from anything godly that we might be associated with. Say, I have nothing to do with these things. I want to be completely away from that. I want to run to a far country to where somebody don't even know me. I want to have the freedom to live as I want to. I want to have the freedom to do as I please and get away from these rules and these regulations and these troubles that you're putting on me. All this thumb that's hanging down over me. All this stuff that mom and dad puts on us that, that they're pressuring us to do right and to live right and to walk right and to dress right. The things that, that God says, well, you need to be moral. The Bible says that you need to live correctly and things like, you know what, everybody else seems to be living however they want to and it's fine. Why can't I just go to that far country, join in on that, and get away from that association? Get away from those things that God has tried to place on me. Get out from beneath the structure of authority that God has placed in my life. I'm going to tell you tonight that there's many roads that lead to this far country. There's a lot of different trails you can take. When you go out to that far country, there's, there's one road that you can take. There's a road of ungratefulness. All that path, it'll take you right down there yonder to the far country. You start down that path of ungratefulness. There's a path of sin. You start dabbling in that little bit and you start going this far and then you come back and next time you say, well, I wonder what's just a little bit further down the path and you keep going down that path. The next thing you know, you're in the far country. You've kept going down that trail. There's a path of bitterness that'll take you to the far country. You start letting those things be planted inside of you, the next thing you know, you're wanting to get out away from everything that you've ever known. You feel like it's God's fault. You feel like it's the preacher's fault. It's the church's fault. It's mom and dad's fault. Everybody's against me, and I just want to get away from it all. And you go down that path of bitterness to the far country. There's another path of uh, unbelief that'll take you right straight to the far country. There's a path of testing that'll take you to the far country. There's paths that will go on and on. There's many paths that would just follow that path. Pick whatever you want to tonight. But there's all kinds of trails. They all wind up in that same spot in that far country. Right down the trail you go. Some of them are wide paths. Some of them are a little bit narrower. But they've all been traveled regularly. You don't have no trouble finding them. And you can go right down that path to the far country. The thing about this far country, even when you get there, you're the one big problem that I said, you know, sometimes I think that I'd like to go somewhere where nobody was at and maybe just get away from everything. Well, the problem is when I get there, I'm there. That's the big problem. When you get there, you're going to be there. You can't get away from yourself and you sure can't get away from God. God's going to be there. I'm going to tell you tonight that God was in that far country. Your prodigal son went out there and he said, I'm going to get away from my father. I'm going to get away from my brother. I'm getting away from everything that's ever bothered me. All these people that gave me a hard time my whole life, I'm shoving them and I'm going to the far country. I got money in my pocket. Things are going to be grand. It's going to be a good time. You know what? God was there. God brought a famine in the land. God started putting pressures on that young man's life to bring him back home, to bring him back to himself. Amen. When Jonah went out and he decided he was going to go to Tarshish, he said, I'm going to flee from God. We think in our mind, how crazy is that? That That I'm going to run away from God. I'm going to go to Tarshish because God's not going to be there. That'd be the spot. I'll go there. He won't be able to find me. You know what? God was there. God was on the boat with him. God was in the storm. God brought the storm in his life and brought him back to himself. You can't get away from God. God don't give up on you. When David had that sin with Bathsheba, when David had all these issues and problems in his life, God was trying to bring him back to himself. Yeah. And he wouldn't listen. God don't give up. God allows storms. Sometimes when we pick up and we pack up and we move out, we're going to go to the far country. We're not just affecting ourselves. All right. There's other people that get hurt. There's other people that some people get to stay behind. There's people that get left. There's people that that have cared for you. There's people that have prayed for you. There's people that have trusted you. And you pick up and you pull out, and people get hurt. There's people that have watched your life. And you say, I'm tired of this life. I'm tired of all this, trying to please God. I'm trying to have, tired of having all these regulations on my life, and I'm done with it. And people that are watching you, people that have seen you your whole life, you've claimed to be a Christian. You've been in church. You've worked. You've served the Lord. And then you blow out, and people get hurt. It doesn't just affect you if I was to blow out right now if I was to leave my wife if I was to go get in the truck and go get me a beer tonight and say I'm done with it all I've had it I'm going to live the rest of the way that I want to it doesn't matter how many lives would that affect how many lives would you affect personally you say well you're a preacher you're standing up behind the pulpit yeah it might be so But you'll never know how many people are watching you. You'll never know how many people your life is affecting. You'll never know how much of an impact that you have on those around you. Others get hurt. The longer you stay in that far country, the worse the storm gets. When we take our journey, then we get out there, we get in that storm, and we get to having problems. And we wonder where God's at. So, where's God? This famine's coming on my life. How come God's allowing this to happen to me? I'm having to go through this storm. I'm liable to shipwreck and die right through here. Where's God at in my life? Well, God's not the one that pulled away, you're the one that went to the far country. You say, Where's God at? Psalms chapter 10, verse number 1 says, Why sayest thou far off? Why standest thou far off, O Lord? Why hidest thou thyself in times of trouble? I wonder where God's at when I'm having a hard time. Psalms chapter 22, verse number 1. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring... The Bible says in Psalms over and over again, be not far from me. Why is it that whenever we go to the far country, then we get to looking for God? We get to wondering where He's at. How come He's abandoning us? How come He's standing far away from us? How come He's not helping us? How come He's not blessing me? Yeah. You can't live any way you want and expect God to put His blessing on it. Amen. You can't go out and just live like hell itself, ask God to put me in there and put His blessing on that thing. Amen. To support your lifestyle. God's not going to do it. People coming nowadays, we were talking before church, a few of us, how rampant this transgender and... and, and uh, Sodomite movement is in this country. And we think, well, it's awful, you know. uh, Well, you know what? It's not just in Springfield. It's not just in the big cities. It's right here. I mean it's thick. Filth. And we're supposed to support that slop. We decide oh yeah, we're gonna have God's gonna we're gonna call God in on it as a partner on the job, and you know what, God we God is love. We need to love those people. God's not gonna support that slop. He's not gonna support that junk, he's not gonna give his blessing in that way. You're off in the far country, God's gonna bring storms into your life. Not gonna bring you some blessings. Proverbs chapter twenty-one and verse number sixteen the man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse number eight, as a bird that wandereth from her nest, so is a man that wandereth from his place. You know, it seems interesting to me and I don't know, I don't know. I don't understand it all, but there seems there's a little bit of a correlation between these, these, <coughs> these three, uh, stories in the Bible that, uh, you know, if you read in Luke where we started out in Luke chapter 15, there was two parables before the parable of the prodigal son. One of them was about the lost sheep, and then one of them was the, I think it was the money, some money, the pieces of silver. And the Bible says that, those, that that man he went out and he searched diligently. He went and looked for that sheep, and that woman that had lost that silver went out and she cleaned her house and she tore. I mean, she went and she searched until she found that thing. But then it comes to the story of the prodigal son. It never says nothing about the father going and looking for him. Right. Right. He never did go look for him. Right. Right. The Bible doesn't say anything about Jonah when God spoke to Jonah and said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to cry out against those people. The Bible And, and, and Jonah went and he ran in the opposite direction. He said he's going to flee from God. The Bible doesn't say anything about God speaking to Jonah during that time. Jonah had to come back to God. Right. Jonah had to call out to God. The Bible says from the belly of that fish And he called out to him. And he asked for forgiveness. He said, just give me a chance to serve you, God. I just want to do what you want me to do. You've saved me alive. And the Bible doesn't say anything about God going after David. Now, he did send Nathan, the prophet, after a time. But there were storms that they all had to go through. I find that interesting. James chapter 4, verse number 8, says, Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. How is your fellowship tonight with the Lord? What would it take tonight... Let's ask ourselves, what would it take for you to buy a ticket to the far country? What would it take for a trouble to come into your life? Maybe God didn't answer a prayer. You say, I'm done. Where's my ticket? I'm going to the far country. What would it take for you to say, I'm done with God, I'm done with church, I'm done with this? How kind of a relationship do you have with the Lord? You want this prodigal son? This was the man's son. I'm sure he loved him. I'm sure his father loved him just as much as he had his older brother. But at one point he said something is going to take me to the far country. And he started asking for his inheritance. And he started looking down that trail to the far country. And he was ready to go. What would it take for me to turn back on God? It scares me to think about it. How would we react in different situations? You know what? There's been times in my life. I've had a few instances where we've had troubles in our family and our home. And the best thing you can do, I can tell you. Instead of turning from God, instead of heading for that far country, run into his arms. Let God hang on to you. Let him take you through that storm. The Bible says the trial of your faith works works patience. When God brings trials into your life, don't head for the far country. Head back to God. Say, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I got to have you. I got to have you. What would it take? What kind of testings? Let me ask you this. What if God called you to service? Would you run? Oh, Jonah, he wasn't trying to go out and live in sin. He wasn't looking for a righteous time. He wasn't looking to spend a big wad of cash. He just didn't want to do that service. God called him. I want you to go. I want you to talk to these people. They need to have the gospel. They need to have something presented to them. They need to to be warned of the wrath to come. John said, I don't want to go. I'm out. Call somebody else. Use somebody else. I don't want to be in service. It's all right for me to be a prophet of God, but I don't want to go talk to those people and he ran what if God calls you to service you going to run to that far country what kind of trials in your life Matthew chapter 26 the bible says in verse number 56 talking about <clears throat> Peter the bible says then that all the disciples forsook him and fled in verse number 56 in verse number 58 it says but Peter followed him What's your Bible say? far off. He followed him, but he followed afar off. So I'm going to stay back just a little ways. I don't know how close I need to be associated with this situation. Yeah. It looks like somebody might end up dying over this deal. How sold out are you to God? We're talking about our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ, the miracles that this man had seen him do, the power that he has experienced, and still yet, he said, I'm going to stay back. I'm going to follow you, but I want to follow from a distance. Just get me a little bit of room here, a little bit of space. He said outside the palace in verse number 69, the Bible says in verses number 70 and 72 and 74, that he denied Christ. He didn't even know him. He didn't want nothing to do with him. We see in verse number 75, the Bible says, and Peter remembered the word of, the Lord Je- the word of Jesus, which said unto him, "Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice." And he went out and wept bitterly. He took a journey to the far country. Many times that journey to the far country can be a pretty short trip. You know, we think about this far country as being somewhere way out. I'm gonna I'm gonna move away from God just a little bit, but I'm not gonna completely just go to the far country. I don't wanna be out there and just completely turn my back on God. I still want to come to church. I'll sing. I'll listen to the preaching. I'll get here for Sunday school. But I'm not going to go outside there and serve my Lord. You know, it's pretty possible that short journey... Sometimes we just want to keep our distance, as Peter did in the story of the prodigal son. We've seen that he wanted to be not be associated with his family, the people that knew him. He wanted to get away from all that. We don't want to be identified, maybe at work, in our place of business, at school as a Christian but well, we want to be a Christian we want to be on the Lord's side we want to go to heaven but we don't want to be identified as a Christian out in the workplace we want to keep just a little bit of a barrier in between us let me be over here in this farther country it's possible to be in church and be in the far country. All right. Don't want to be accused of being a fanatic or a cult. <coughs> Some kind of a freak. We want to watch our association with certain people and we want to keep that in a proper place and a proper time. Yeah. Hey, you know what? It's all right for me to shake hands with y'all here in church and smile and tell you how good I love you. But what happens whenever I see you on the workplace? Yep. If I'm out on the job, Brother Josh, and you come up and said to me, Hello, Brother Jeremy, how you doing this week? How am I going to feel about that? You just call me brother instead of in front of a bunch of heathens that I work with, and they think I'm one of them. Yep. Yeah. Right. The proper place in the right time, let's keep that brother stuff here at the church, Brother Josh, okay? We'll wave when we see each other outside of the church house. The proper place in the proper time. We want to keep that association. We want to watch what we're what you know, like I said earlier, what you know what if we're out in the at school if you're out if you're out in town. And you're, and you're walking through the store and you see Pastor Kelly come through Walmart. What's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to wonder why in the world is Pastor Kelly in Walmart because he doesn't go to Walmart. Amen. But to, are you going to be glad to see him? Or are you looking at something in the store? Are you fixing to buy something that probably wouldn't be real pleasing to the Lord and you don't want Pastor Kelly to know that you're buying that and taking it home with you? What's well, getting quiet in here? <laughs> How come nobody wants to say amen on this stuff? Hey, it's just the truth. Amen. It's just the truth. Yeah. I'm just as guilty as anybody else, probably more so. Okay? <clears throat> it's our association. The next thing that we look at sometimes is a freeze in disobedience. A freeze in disobedience. I think about Jonah. Jonah, he wasn't going out to live riotously, but Jonah, he was living in disobedience. The Bible says that he was going to flee God. He was running from God. He's wanting to get out of there, get away from what God had for him. He's going to be disobedient. He's not going to obey God's rules. God's plan for his life. How many times in our lives when God comes up with something that he wants us to do. Something that he showed us from his word or from preaching or something that he's convicted in our hearts about. And we freeze. And we say, whoa, I don't think I want to go quite that far with you, Lord. I'm not willing to give that up. I'm not done with that sin yet. God wants you to get rid of it. God wants you to go there. God wants you to talk to that person. God wants you to hand out that track, whatever it may be. And you say, whoa, whoa. God, I'm gonna, let's, let's put the brakes on for just a minute. Let's cool it here just a little bit. Let's make sure this is your will. Then we freeze in disobedience. Yeah. Yeah. How is that any different than what Jonah did? Jonah's disobedience took him to Tarshish. Sometimes my disobedience takes me nowhere. Still, God's job doesn't get done. Because when God asked me to hand out a tract to that person or God asked me to witness to that person, speak to that person about their soul, and I say, whoa, God, not right now. Whoa, let me put the brakes on this deal. If the opportunity arises, we'll do just that. And I woe. and I freeze, and I cool it in disobedience. God didn't ask me whenever that person came up and, and started talking to me about the things of the, Lord, of the Lord that I could tell him the truth from God's Word. God told me to go talk to him. When the opportunity arises, no, now, it's what Gods said. But I say, whoa! sometimes times we go in disobedience, we freeze up. Jonah, headed to Tarsus, we just stop, just as effectively. <clears throat> Maybe it's for to give out a track, to give the gospel to somebody, to ask someone about their soul. Maybe God wants you to teach somebody. To, to, to bring some somebody into your into, into your life to to be a mentor to them or whatever you want to call it to help them the bible says that the older women are supposed to be like mothers to the younger women to help to train them to teach them <clears throat> maybe it's to preach the word or to do missionary work a call to service of some kind and in disobedience we say whoa and we freeze. or maybe there seems to be somewhere else that we're just really needed. And that brings us to the next thing of false piety. Say, so boy, God really needs me to do something over here. It's pretty special. God has things for me that I need to be working on over here. The Bible says that David was the king of Israel. He was leading God's people. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, the Lord sent Nathan to David. The Bible tells us that there were two men, Nathan said, to David in one city. And one of them was rich and the other one was poor, Nathan said. And he told David, he begins to tell him this story about this these two men. And he says, the poor man, he said, he had this little ewe lamb. Oh, he loved it. He said, he brought it up and he nourished it. Ate of his own meat and he drank of his own cup. It was added unto him as a daughter. Nathan tells him about this lamb. He says, a traveler came by to the rich man and the rich man he takes the poor man's lamb and he dressed it for the man that was coming to him. The Bible tells us that David's anger was greatly kindled against that man. The Bible says that David said that man should be put to death and that he should restore fourfold. David was upset that a chord with him. And Nathan said to him, Thou art the man. In running from God ourselves, it's real easy to find fault with everyone else. Yep. Right. Right. We have that place, that far country that we go to, impiety. Where I'm serving the Lord... In this capacity. Or I'm here doing what God wants. Or I'm trying to live right. I don't go out and drink. I don't go out and cuss. I don't go out and smoke. I'm not running around and beating my wife. I'm trying to do these things that the Bible tells us to do. But I'm not living in God's will for my life. I've went to that far country in piety. I look at myself as how good of a person I am. And I bring that up by looking at everybody else and saying, What a sinner you are. Look at these horrible things that you do. And how close I am to God compared to what you are. We find fault in everyone else when we justify our own wrong. Comparing ourselves among ourselves, the Bible says. We think as ourselves as oh well I'm not as bad as all that. I'm a pretty good old boy. My heart's in the right place. God knows that I want to do right. That I I I want to serve him. God knows my heart that I feel this way. We look at other people and we say, well, that he or that she claims to be a Christian or or he claims to be a preacher. And look what he did. I would never do anything like that. And we live in piety in that far country. Just like the Pharisee in Luke chapter 18. I thank thee, Lord that I'm not as other men. You can be in that far country and never leave home. You don't have to leave the church house. You don't have to leave Norwood. You don't have to get in your pickup truck and drive to Montana. You don't have to get on a boat or an airplane and go across the sea or the ocean. You can stay right here. You can be sitting right here tonight listening to me and the sound of my voice And be in that far country. And be right back here again next time. You can be at your own bed every night. Sleeping. But you're in a far country. Because you've ran from where God wants you to be. As we close tonight... Got a couple of questions for us tonight that we need to ask ourselves. I say ourselves, I say me too. How deep into that far country are you right now? How far out there have you gone? Maybe you've just mapped out your trip. You say, I've got plans. When I get to be out of school, I'm done with this. When I get my own job, when I can start paying my own bills, I ain't going to put up with this no more. I've got my map laid out. I've done been on Google, and we've got it Google mapped out. GPS going to take me right where I want to be in that far country. You've got your trip packed out, planned out, mapped out. You've got your bags packed for the journey. Just like that prodigal son, you're just waiting. Just waiting, ready to go. Maybe tonight you're not in the far country, maybe you haven't mapped out the trip and you ain't got your bags packed yet, but you're doing some scouting around. You've been looking. You know, my wife, every once in a while, me and my wife will take a trip. We don't go do that very often. And we go take a trip. We don't usually go very far. But we like to get away every once in a while. And we have a good time. I think I recommend it to do that. Not with my wife. i man, it wouldn't work out real well. <laughs> That's for me. You do that with your wife, okay? Just to make that plain. But before we go take a trip, my wife... She does some scouting, let me tell you. She's looking for the good deal on the staying places. And she says, hey, we can go here for four nights, and it's only going to be $100. Or we can go over here, or I've got this. Or I know where a good camping spot's at. That's the kind I like. But she gets to looking she says, I'm looking to go somewhere. I'm, I'm, I'm doing some searching. I'm doing some scouting. How many times have we been looking and seeing what else is out there? You know, it's great to serve God, but what else is out there? How many, how many of us sometimes we've just been taking some scouting trips to see if we can find a place that we would rather stay? Sometimes it looks pretty appealing. And it seems to others thrive and live in these far countries with no problems. Proverbs chapter 23 verses 17 and 18 says, Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. For surely there is an end and thine expectation shall not be cut off. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22 Let us draw near with a true heart full assurance of faith Having our hearts sprinkled from all evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. And then James chapter four and verse number eight so draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Let's not be out there in that far country. We need to be drawing nigh to God. When things are going rough in our life, whenever Whenever things don't look good, or we start seeing something that might twinkle a little bit better out there in the distance, remember that God's got His best for you tonight. Okay? Stand with me this evening.